Painted Arrow Podcast, committed to taking you beyond the pursuit. Howdy, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Painted Arrow Podcast. We got Devin Cole and myself here today, and we got a we got a pretty good episode, I think, planned for you guys. Yeah. Um, we're going to start off with like a Michigan um, update. We've been doing some hunting. Devin just had a hunt last night he's going to talk about. And then I just got back from a mule deer hunt in the great state of Utah, and we're going to talk about that in depth. And then we'll close her out. So what do we got going, Dev? What, what's the temperature outside right now? Talk to me about your hunt. I'm, I'm very interested to see what, uh, what's, yeah, so uh, what's happening in the Crick Woods. Haven't really pushed it too hard yet this year. I think I've sat four or five times this year. Uh, but like you said, last night was the, the most recent hunt for me, which would have been, what is that, October 17th? Yep. So, um, yeah, October 17th, it was raining most of the day. It was like 37 degrees, and I'm like, gosh, like, it's going to stop at 445. It just felt too perfect. Um, Previously, all of my other sets, I've been seeing really good amount of deer, but I haven't, haven't had any opportunities with any shooters, haven't seen any deer on the hoof that I'm real interested in. So I thought... I've got one deer in particular that I'm after who's been frequenting my food plot within like 40 minutes of about 40 minutes after last light. And my thought was, man, if they're pinned, if he's bedded close and they've been pinned down all day in the rain and it's cold and the rain stops at five o'clock, maybe he'll get up on his feet a little early tonight. That was the idea. Um, I couldn't believe how much movement I saw early. Like I got in there, sat in the rain for probably the last 30 minutes of it raining. And then it stopped just like it was supposed to. And the deer movement was hot in a hurry. I mean, I saw a pile of deer, but still no shooters. Um, didn't get the big buck on his feet anytime before last shooting light. Um, haven't gone in and check any cameras for last night, but I kind of think we're, although it's colder than we've had at this time in previous Octobers or recent Octobers, um, I think we're still kind of in that, what people call the October lull. I mean, I, I am getting some bucks on camera, but it's all still in dark, you know, either just before daylight, just after daylight or, or summer, just in the middle of the night. When you went last night, um, you said you were sitting in the rain for about 30 minutes mm-hmm. and it was kind of, was it like raining? Was it misting? Was it more of like a, like a light rain? towards a mist probably a little heavier than a mist but not like just raining you know what i mean yeah but it was cool because i got in super quiet nothing was moving yet and then literally i was in the stand for you know 30 minutes before that was there was just does and some mutton bucks and just there was just deer everywhere just heavy movement pretty much all night yeah no mature deer i will say the movement trended more towards earlier in the night as we got to like the last 40 minutes i didn't see anything for the last 40 minutes so all the movement was earlier. And talk about that stand, because that was the one that we, like historically that area, right? Yeah, so I've had a stand in that, we'll call it that spot for the my lifetime hunting out there. But that tree that that stand was on was not in good shape. The stand wasn't in good shape. 
we got that out of there and kind of moved it probably 20 yards east of where it was. Um, do you like this setup stand. better? Like that's your first time hunting it. Is that like a better, I mean, historically you shot all of your really good deer out of that you know, spot, trusty spot, but yeah. now it's moved. Is it it's angled differently? What, what so, do you notice? Yeah. Last night was my first time sitting it. Um, couple immediate learnings would be that I had a lot of deer, no deer busted me, but a lot of deer looked straight up at me and were very leery of it. Hmm. And I mean, I was camoed in well and have more foliage left on the trees than I will any hunt left throughout the season. So the deer were very uh, willing to just look straight up at it. The other, it, this is a double stand. The other double that I had in the same spot had a big skirt around it. And I think that helped. Like they're just used to seeing that. So they didn't look up there as much when they saw something sitting in the stand. So I probably need to add a skirt to it. I think um, you should. I think I probably will after last night because they, they just wanted to look right up there. Um, they'd look and kind of check and make sure you're not going to move. And then finally they'd give up on it and just yeah. walk by. But um, I would say most of the deer, once they got close enough, looked up there and were just kind of like, what the heck is that? And I just don't usually have that issue in other sets. So so that's downwind. Or Last night it was downwind from a bedding, a thick area. Mm-hmm. Did those deer that you saw last night come within bow range, or did they kind of go between um, that bedding and that staging area that we? They kind of all skirted me in between the the food plot and the the bedding, so they were in that kind of that funnel, which would have been northwest of me. And then I had some deer that popped out uh, east of me, like directly downwind, and they didn't bust me, but they didn't like. Like they were just kind of like leery and then went back up into the thicket and then used that to. It's so crazy. Historically, like I know, I know people don't know that, but that's textbook for that. For that spot. Yeah. It's like they come out of there, they go up in there and then they just, that little corner when the rut's on, like it doesn't matter as much. Right. Cause they're just running when, when they're chasing and they're like not paying as close attention. Like I had mature does with young, you know, basically yearlings with them. So they were being very careful. And I think the other thing too, is when you get right, when you're fresh out of a rain, everything's so quiet. And so like, I feel like they were a lot more alert while they were walking. Like they would take a couple steps and look around and they were very, cause I think they know that danger potentially can get a lot closer to them quieter in those conditions. At least that's kind of how they were acting. Like they were very careful with their movement because of how quiet everything was. So, um, yeah, I, it was, it was a good hunt. Um, have you, have you been getting any of your target deer on camera? There's one deer I'm really after that I got pictures of. What's I'll, his name? I got a lot of pictures of him two different times throughout the summer splitter. Um, I have not seen him this fall yet. I saw him in July and I saw him in August. And I didn't, I haven't had photos of him in September or October here yet. I will. I, I mean, I just know historically deer that are on that same pattern coming from that same spot. I got a good idea where I think he's living. Um, he'll show up end of October. I could almost, I could almost tell you what scrape he's going to hit on October 26th probably. But Isn't that so cool though? Like we talk about, you know, year after year growth. Yeah. The fact that you, you just said that I'm looking at you in the face and you, you're like, you're you're confident. Yeah. That's awesome. I know that deer 
I know that deer's living like northwest of me. I also know some deer that I'm chasing that are for sure living east of me. And so like based on that, um, that's powerful stuff. Kind of tells me like, it just tells you how to hunt them a little bit, but, but doesn't it also tell you like you're not wasting your time? Like early yeah. season, you, you could, you know, years past, you might be out there. Yep. But now that you have this Intel, you're like, you know, I'm, it's okay for me not to go out. What's interesting. This is the thing. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this, but you and I have kind of, we're on the same program this year. We're being a lot more choosy. We're letting our cameras kind of tell us when, when it's right to be in the stand. Right. So I've hunted, like I said, f- I think five times this year, um, and we're October 18th. I've had five sits. At this point, I'm comfortable saying that those five sits have validated for me what my cameras are telling me. Because, you know, I would be, my cameras have not told me I need to be in the stand because I got a buck daylighting and it's time to go hunt him. My cameras have not told me that. So I've kind of convinced myself or made myself curious, like, well, maybe the deer aren't hitting those cameras, but maybe there's still good movement. Maybe, you know, my other cameras that are not cell cameras are showing bucks and stuff within relative proximity of daylight. So I'm like, you know, maybe I need to still be hunting certain areas to, to catch one. I would say the five sits I've had now have validated validated everything my cameras were telling me so now i feel very comfortable in the next two weeks just kind of waiting and trusting the camera telling me when to be where does that make sense it makes perfect sense like i was almost skeptical of my own tactic of letting the cameras tell me when to be in there and now like my sits have confirmed everything the cameras were saying so it's like okay and you texted uh, me last night not to interrupt you but you texted me last night what did you say to me I said, tonight is the first sit of the season where I feel like I'm in the game. That's exactly what you said. And it was just something about like sitting there, rain stopped, sun started to peek through the overcast sky. The The rain is still just barely dripping off the leaves. It's dead silent. It's cold. I mean, it was 36 degrees. And your access was excellent. My access was excellent. My entry was super quiet. Like I felt like at any point I could turn around and there'd be a buck right there. That's so like mentally that's refreshing too it is you know it wasn't i, w- I kind of wish i would have at least got eyes on on something good last night even if i didn't have the opportunity um but yeah it was just does and young fawns and button bucks and so it's just not the spot that i'm hunting it's not right for the spot that i'm hunting my property is a very specific type of property the way that it lays out um, I don't have a ton of, I have betting opportunity and, and does and young fawn like doe family groups will use them. I do not have property that has enough secluded bedding to hold bucks to the point where you're going to be able to hunt them and be able to kill them early in mid October. Yeah. But as soon as late October gets, it gets here and these bucks start moving and trying to find these doe family groups, that's when they funnel into my spot. So my report will be very different last week of October into November. So I feel very confident about that. Um, this would be, this would be the first year for me. Like you said, we're on the same program being choosy, all those things. I've hunted two times this year in Michigan. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've hunted two times. I went out one time and it, at the spot that I was going to go to, it, it just, there was some issues and I didn't, I didn't end up going. So I literally walked there, pulled the card and I, I went out. So I was going to hunt three times, but 
Um, wind, wind wasn't right. Conditions weren't right. And you were like, I don't. Yeah, it wasn't right. Yeah. Well, that was the night that I, there was a blind like really close to that set from the neighbor. Mm-hmm. And it, I was like, that's the trail that these deer are taking that I was going to hunt. And I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time. This is, they're, they're going to skirt that and it's just going to be bad, bad news. Yeah. Bad for business. So, but I, I do want to comment. So I have a target buck. Like if there was one deer that I want to kill this year, mm-hmm. that deer, the one, I, I'm getting pictures of him. And it's very consistent wind. I know exactly kind of where he's coming from. I think I know he's kind of where he's betting. But I wanted to make a point on this podcast right now that this is the first year that I've had a buck. Okay, the Holy Spirit last year, this is, it's different because I shot him on the first day of the season. I've never had this, you know, going into late October, having a target, having a pattern down, and like, I'm going to go, I, I, I'm like, that's the deer that I want to kill. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's definitely two other deer that I would shoot mm-hmm. that I like, but this is new territory for me of we've identified, kind of know where he's at, kind of know the pattern he's taken when he's coming through this spot where I'm getting camera. It's exact. I mean, I can see right where he's coming from. It's always on a North wind, yeah. North, Northeast, Northwest. And it's always at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I got pictures of him last night, 5 a.m., 5.05, hitting a scrape, checking it. He didn't, he didn't, I want to be very clear. I haven't, it doesn't mean he's not doing it, but I have my camera set up to take three consecutive photos. I have not gotten a deer on that scrape where they're actually pawing the ground and making that scrape. Yeah, they're just checking it. They're che- exactly. Not freshening and, it. And I'm taking note of that because I think that's when, I think that's when things, like especially mature deer, I think that's when things kind of, Late October. That's when it picks up. It's yeah. like, like yeah. oh, there it is. Like, yeah. And I think, you know, I want to, I guess we'll end this Michigan rut report. We'll, we'll end it by kind of giving what we predict the next week to look like yeah. in terms of the weather. Tell me about that because we're both on the same page there too. Yeah. So compared to recent Octobers in Michigan, it has been colder. Like we're used to in the last three, four years here where it's like it's 70 degrees all the time and you're like praying for like, gosh, can we get a 50 degree day? Yeah. We've had a couple weeks now of 50s, 40s, certain days are in the high 30s. Um, And now this week, which would be the third week of October, as this week goes on, it's heating back up into like the 70s for highs on basically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this week. I think you and I are on the same page that on the backside of that, whatever front comes through that ends that little warm spell, that's when it's going to get good. And I think that's when it's going to stay cold for certain too. Yeah, and I think that's when it kind of leads into that um, beginning to middle of that last week of October. That's when it's going to be real So Drew recalls this period greener pastures. Well, I think he calls this October lull. The way that it's called out on the uh, the deer cast, I think I know what you're talking about. We were just coming out of. Were we? Um, I just listened to a podcast with him, but on, it was last week. To hunt. Yeah, I think I think. Let me look here. Um, yeah, so we're in what they what he calls phase three, which is the October lull right now, and that comes out of the lull and goes into what he calls phase four. Can I guess pre lock on what date? Can I guess that? Yeah, what date does it go from October law to pre-lock? What's today's date? Today is the 18th, I think. I'm going to say the 23rd. 
It's exactly the 23rd. No way, dude. Yep. So, so on, yeah. on the 23rd, October 23rd, we're going to pre-lock, pre-lock. which will be pre-lock, pre-lock which is, um, I kind of, exp- isn't it, wouldn't that be like when you start seeing some chasing maybe? That's, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's when things should start getting pretty interesting. And that is this coming Sunday. However, conditions that they're predicting for that day are like literally say bad and poor because we're looking at high of 73. So, you know, uh, for anybody who doesn't use the DeerCast app, um, it gives you like a 14 day estimate of hunting conditions based on 13 different weather variables that this is the jury brothers that have developed this and um, it predicts your hunting conditions and movement based on all these different weather data variables and then it ranks like an am hunt and a pm hunt Um, i think like bad poor good or okay good great or something like that isn't there excellent or something i think it's great is the best great um so as this little warm-up that we were just talking about as we get to the end of this week Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's going to be like 64 on Friday, 71 on Saturday, 73 on Sunday, like just continuing to heat up. And then uh, next Wednesday, it falls off to a high of 54, low of 36 with snow showers. And that's when it goes from poor to green, okay, and good. On uh, So I think kind of next week is... Tail end of next week. Tail end of next week is when it's going to be really interesting. So I, I probably won't force it this weekend, to be honest with you, with it being 70 degrees. And, um, you know, if again, that's all subject to change. If my camera says, hey, look, this buck, we just put this buck to bed. He's in daylight, bedded close, and got a couple of days of date. I mean, then, yeah, let's go hunt him. I'm waiting for that, dude. But I'm, I'm waiting not going to force it. That so. early, like, borderline morning, and there's a, a shooter hits the camera, and you know where he's going to go bed. You know where he's headed. And then you can go out that evening. That's That's what I'm waiting for right now. All right, so let's pivot. Are you good there? I'm good. So we're going to talk about um, Utah mule deer. Mm-hmm. So quickly recapping, last year you and I went to Wyoming. For for both of our first time hunting mule deer. We both we went in at a party draw, Drew. And I really do wish Casey was here right now um, to just add a bunch of information and his thoughts because that was his first – um, Casey's my really good friend. He's been on the podcast before, way back in the beginning when we weren't anybody hardly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but just, I, I, I wish he was here to kind of sh- share his tale. We were going to do it on the way home, but um, it just didn't end up happening. So, um, so Drew Tag in Utah did all the e-scouting, right? Had, had an idea where we were going to go. And please, Devin, ask questions. Yeah. It, let's set the stage. It was a short season, and it was rifle, correct? Correct. What were the dates of the season? It was October um, 16th through the 20th. No. 14th, 12th through the 12th through the 16th. 12th through the 16th. That's what yeah. it was. Okay. 12th through the 16th. So it was a quick hunt. Mm-hmm. Five days, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, never, ever set foot in Utah. Never drove through it. Never been to this unit. Never, nothing, nothing to go off of. Mm-hmm. Um, put a bunch of points on, on the Onyx. Shout out to Onyx. Use uh promo code. What is it? Painted Arrow. What is it? Painted Arrow. Painted Arrow. Yeah. Get you 20% off. 
anyway, um, put a bunch of points on the map, and we had a trailhead we were going to park at, and we were going to get there. We were going to hike in far. We were going to get up high on some glassy knobs, and we were going to glass. Like, that was the plan. We got there, got to the trailhead. Um, this is the first time that I've ever gone on a hunt, had a day before the hunt started. For scouting. Never had that. Yeah. Usually you're deadheading it out there. You're hiking in on opening day. Hiking in on the dark and sleep that night and you get up and it's time to hunt. Yeah. So we got there early, which was great. And um, we met a guy at the trailhead and we'd learned that a lot of guys were hunting elk. Like that's the that's the resident elk season for rifle. And so when they find, you know, we were making conversation at the trailhead with this gentleman and he's like, yeah, well, you guys, you guys aren't hunting elk? We're like, no, we're hunting mule deer. We only got one tag. And uh, they were, he was very forthcoming with information about deer he'd seen in that area, like, within the last 12 hours. Whoa. Like, good intel. Yeah, fresh. Fresh intel. So he he, he's, he pointed us in the right direction and um, ended up only being a third of the distance we were going to walk in to our original plan. Yeah. Which was, which was nice, because we got a lot of glassing in that night. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That night, set up camp, went up to glass, and as we were glassing, we spotted some mule deer way off. Uh, but there were a lot of hunters. I want to be very clear about that. There were a lot of elk hunters. I mean, driving in. That you saw out there or just at the trailhead? On our way into the trailhead, like, lots of hunters. Like, a lot of hunters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, camps. Like, camps with, like, seven, eight, nine. And you had said where you were guys were going to go. That guy had just said, like, there's a group that just hiked in going to that exact spot. Yeah, he said there's, there's a group of six there's six six trail um six horse trailers at, at trailhead. And he said 20 25 guys just went up that way last night to go hunt elk. And he said you'd be pissed if you walked 5 miles and got up there and then here these guys are right where you're going to go. And so we took that we were very thankful for that cuz mm-hmm. it would have pissed me off. Like that's a long <laughs> hike. Yeah. In that terrain. And so um but yeah, on the drive in no lie, six, seven, eight, nine, like parties of like huge outfits, trucks, trailers. Um, what do you call those campers that have the the gooseneck fifth wheels? Fifth wheels, yeah. Big fifth wheels, like the like they were going all out. Mm-hmm. Big camps, like it was incredible. So noting that, we're like, why would we? Why would we not take this gentleman's advice? You know. Why would we, why would we, he's, he's given us good intel. So we go in, set up camp. We start glassing at night. We saw some deer way off over a mile away. No bucks. We go back to camp. It's dark. We literally just get back to camp, hang our food up. And we look out into this kind of clearing that we were hunting and 50 yards in front of us. I'm like, man, that looks like a deer's butt. It just does. Like Casey, look at that. We put our glass up and it's full moon the whole time we were there, which was unbelievably helpful Mm -hmm. just full brightness at night and so we're glassing and sure enough at 50 yards we got the the binoculars on a a shooter buck and there's another kind of like younger deer behind him and i'm like wow like this is uh this is good real quick comment on the the full moon the whole time you're there that's awesome for you but that's awesome for the deer and they're moving all night long which would mean that it's gonna be very difficult you're gonna be catching movement just before dark and just after dark because they can move in the light all night correct like that make that historically for me in michigan um and anywhere really like that's just made for 
very tough hunting conditions when the deer can just you you hit it right on the head i mean the good news was is that where our camp was we had great wind yeah very consistent heavy wind it was like windy yep um and then kind of the areas we wanted to hunt where our camp was our access points were bulletproof right i mean as good as good as it possibly could have been in the backcountry because you can't really control a lot of that you know right um so we see those deer that night next day is the opener so we went to a, an area where this gentleman was like, yeah, we saw some of these bucks, group of bucks. Get up there, sit up against this tree over this big clearing, and right like 30 minutes before legal, 10 does come down into this base, and I'm glassing them in the dark, like in the in the pitch black dark. Sun hasn't even started peaking yet, but it's like about to peak, you can tell. And 10 doe right in this little basin come out in front of us. And they're milling around, and I'm thinking, dude, we're going to kill a buck right now. Because you couldn't tell that they were does. Yeah. But they were working They were working this area, just eating on this hillside. And, like, I was all set up. I mean, I had my gun out. I mean, everything was ready. Casey's gotten the binoculars out. He's on the tripod looking. And we're, we're waiting for him to kind of move to where they're skylined for yeah. our view yep. to see the antlers, right? So the light's coming up. And I remember specifically sitting there thinking, like, over 20 times, like, man, that sun's got to come up. Man, that sun's got to come up that sun has to come up quick. Like, cause they're, they're moving, they're going to go to bed and we had no idea where they're going to go. Um, so these deer come out, start to get legal light and they come out on this rim and they're kind of working the same ridge top that we're sitting on towards us down the mountain. Right. Mm. So we're kind of like on the downslope looking up at this opening area. Yeah. So they're using this ridge, come behind this pine tree and they're in 20 yards. we got 10 mule deer does. We could tell they were does at that point at 20 yards. And we're like, man, we're in them. <laughs> we're like, we're in them. Like any second now, something's going to happen. And so these deer kind of, they don't get spooked because we're way downwind of them. Mm-hmm. But they, they kind of like went back to where they came and worked off the other side of the face is kind of what it looked like. Yeah. And so we wait another 45 minutes, light comes up. And I'm like, man, I got to I gotta peek up to the top of this ridge and just look down. I just, I just have to look down because... Deer could have been working on the other side of it, and they could have met up, and there could be bucks right on that face. And so we creep over there. It's windy. It's howling wind. So we creep over there, get to where this pine tree was, where these 10 does were, and these does had literally went to to the other way, and they turned and hard, sharp went where they were going, but used that face on the other side to block us from them. Yeah. Whether they knew we were there or not, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. But they were, like, just over the hill crest, and we walked over there, and there the deer go. They just take off down the hill, mm-hmm. which was great intel because we got to see where they were going to bed. Mm-hmm. And so um, didn't see any bucks. They didn't really see us. They heard stuff, and they kind of just took off, right? Yeah. Great information. And so we go back to our spot. We kind of regroup for a second. We glass that for a while. 9, 9.30, we get our bags, and we're going to go for a little walk, right? We're going to mm-hmm. go for a little walk where these deer had come from. Saw him come out of this area. We're going to go over there and check it out. So we go over there. We're we're checking it out. We're up on the hill higher where we were glassing all morning. And we're walking. And we jumped a couple of deer out of this bed. They were going to bed. I don't think they were bedding, but they were going to bed right there. Mm-hmm. It was that late in the morning. And it's, you know, it gets it gets warm quick. Like it's 45, 50, 60 degrees within, you know, half hour. Mm-hmm. So these deer spook, so we kind of run, we, we kind of try and head them off, go down. It's all rocky, 
like very loud shale when we're walking and now the wind's kind of like in this little bedding area where it's not as loud with the wind so go down there come back up after a while we glass that face come back up and there's two deer that jump out of the exact same area so we're making our way back to go like sit down for a while and make some breakfast and and I'm looking and I'm looking and there's movement, there's movement. And all of a sudden I stop and I, I connect with this deer, big buck. It's a big buck. I don't know what he was exactly, but he was just staring right at me. His rack was big and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And all I could see was his face. And he's kind of, he's kind of on the down crest of it. So he's looking at me. I can just barely see the top of his back with where this grass and sage was. So again, I could see like the back of his neck and then nothing really mm-hmm. if that makes sense and there was like a lot of grass i mean like four or five feet of like not thick just wavy grass so i pull up at 50 yards take my time breathe <sighs> let it rock the deer doesn't move at all <laughs> deer doesn't move an inch doesn't even flinch and so i'm like i didn't want to like rack another one in really fast and give him like reason to think. So I was like trying to slowly rack another one. Like, Mm -hmm. and that, you know how, when you, he's watching you this whole time. Oh yeah. He's 50 yards. And I tried to slowly re-rack it. And you know, if you don't quickly do it, the bullet casing doesn't eject. Mm -hmm. And so the bullet gets lodged. And so I got my gun up on its other side and I'm trying to shake the bullet out of it. You know, the shell, the shell, I'm trying to shake it out, shake it out. And finally it falls down and I rack it back in real slow, pull up. And I'm like, I got him. Like I got this deer, like breathing steady, let it ride. He takes off and I'm like, dude, I got him. I freaking got him. I was looking at Casey. I was like, big buck. Like he couldn't see it. Cause he was yeah. coming behind me. I was like, big buck, like big buck. Like, let's go down there. Like it, it wasn't one of those times where, Hey, we need to wait back and see what's going on. Like, like let's get down there and let's see what happened right now because we could potentially get another shot based on where he went down this hill. Mm-hmm. So we're hustling down there, 50 yards. We're there in two seconds. We see his tracks, see him where he ran, no blood. We search for 30 minutes, no hair, no nothing, nothing, nothing. Looked all around for body, didn't see nothing. And I was upset. <laughs> I mean, just like, you know, and it didn't dawn to me until like three days later that my 6'5 is is – is uh, dialed in at 200. Mm. And then when I shoot it at a hundred yards, like I'm, I'm like, I don't know from your, if you're looking at your knuckles from like your index finger to your pinky finger from those knuckles, that space is basically how high I am at a hundred. If I'm holding dead on, that's how high I am at a hundred yards. So at 50, so I'm thinking at 50, I might be double that. That's what I'm starting to think. I'm starting to creep in. Like, like he should be dead. It was an easy shot. Mm-hmm. I had two shots at him. You know the second time, you don't mess up again. Mm-hmm. But I held the exact same point two times in a row. So after thinking about this over the next couple of days, I'm thinking I skied his I, – I just went right over his back. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I didn't have any hair, yep. n- nothing. And so this is when th- – this was the moment. I took a long time to explain that because you and I had an experience last year, opening morning in Wyoming. Yeah. Just choked it, choked it down. Missed a buck first day of the season, and we didn't see nothing the rest of the trip. No bucks. Yeah. And I'm thinking, dude, that was it. And That was my chance. I was trying to tell Casey that, like, he knew. Like, he's he's a really positive guy, but he knew, like, I was upset. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to tell me, like, hey, dude, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Like, 
next time you're going to make for darn sure. And I'm sitting there in my head for a little bit, you know, I was kind of pouting just a little bit, mm-hmm. but I knew darn well what that meant. I, I, I really did. And so I was like, man, we got to just recover. Like we blew out that area yep. for sure. We hunted it the next two days. We didn't see any deer. We saw a couple elk in that area come out of the exact same trail, but no mule deer at all. Yeah. For two days. For the next two days. So you're just getting even worse in your head. Two mornings in a row we went up there after that to try and get after these deer. Gosh. Because you knew there was a big buck in the area. There was, I think there was two of them. Yeah. But he was big. I've never, like, the mule deer have, like, this dark black brow mm-hmm. on their face. It's just, it's engraved in my head. Like, I can't see that deer. He's just staring there looking at me, giving me an easy shot. Looking back, like, I could have even, like, shot him in the neck. Exactly. I should have. I don't know why. I don't even know what I was thinking. Yeah. But that's, like, one of those learning points. So, so over the next two days, I'm going to try and shorten this as, give much detail as possible, though, but shorten it. We saw some moose. We saw some does in the evening working uh, you know, kind of up an area where we couldn't really get to in time mm-hmm. um, to see if there's more action going on. And um, we saw bull elk. We heard bull elk walking at night back from our hunting spot, like just ripping through the timber. Yeah. Um, it was tough going. I mean, that time of year, super nocturnal, the movement was right at the beginning of the light, right at the end of the day. And then, um, I mean, it was just tough. It was tough to get on any antler deer. But we were having a great time. Like, it's a beautiful country. We had good attitudes. We had awesome gear. Um, and we filmed the whole thing, which was fun. We, mm-hmm. were, we were trying to get content. And um, so last day, right, we had, to, we had a really, really long drive, like over 25 hours of driving. And that's a lot. That's a lot of driving. And yeah. that, you know, you, you, you know that you got a job at home. You know, you got all these things that you got to, so we were like thinking maybe we need to leave a day early and not just get home at like last thing. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to clean the, tr- you know what I mean? All mm-hmm. these things start to kind of pour in like life's going to hit us very yep. soon. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, um, on the last day of the hunt, this is a day four of the hunt, sleeping in the back country, brutal winds every day and the wind, you know how it is. Oh, yeah. Midday, you kind of try and find a spot to just dry out for a little just bit. Just hunker in. And we were covering ground. Don't get me wrong. Like, we were hunting hard throughout the day trying to bump things up and just try and shoot them on the run. Like, mm-hmm. But you can only cover so much ground before you're like, man, we just got to go dry out our feet, get ready for this afternoon. Yeah. And so we kind of decided, like, if we don't shoot something on day four between, like, first light and about noon of walking around, like, we'll just pack up camp. We'll go back and start driving through the night, get a good night's sleep, and then... Maybe we'll get back midday earlier than we thought. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there glassing this really deep, deep, nasty cut. Um, so we're on a we're on a ridge below us in the drain. There's this nasty area, and then up on the the other ridge, we were we were glassing this, this slightly open area in the timber where we had heard elk the day before. A really thick, nasty area. Got to be some deer working through there in the morning. We're thinking, mm-hmm. and um, first light not even legal shooting light. I'm glassing 300 yards and I can pick up a bunch of mule deer working their way through the timber up on this trail that we had walked the day before. And, um, I'm like, dude, that's it. That's, that's the movement. Like that's it. And we're sitting way behind this big face. So I know the sun's going to take a while to come up and we were freezing, dude. We were 
we were cold. How cold? What, like, what was the temperature? You think? Oh, it was 25, 30 degrees. Really? Yeah, windy. Cool. And this, the, it's by far the coldest out there, like the 20 minutes before the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. Like the sun's peaking and it is cold. I mean, it is just like cold. And so we sit there through the cold for like every morning we did this. We got up two hours in the middle of the night. We hiked in the dark and we got our morning set and right on these good bedding areas in the timber. And we would sit for two or three hours right in that prime time, just glassing our butts off, mm-hmm. just glassing deep into the timber, any movement. But it was pretty sweet. This last setup, I had my tripod up. Anything that came up on that face was dead. It was in 250 yards, 300 yards. I was set, sturdy. We we're going to smoke them. Nothing. Nothing happened after that first movement. So we were like, I guess we're going to pack it up, go home, and walk. We had a long walk to get back to our camp. So we were like, let's wrap it up here, and we'll make a little jaunt. And if we don't get anything, we'll pack camp and go home. And uh, Casey gets up, take a pee. And so I get up, stretch my legs, can hardly walk because my feet are like, you know. Cold. Yeah. So we get up, and we just kind of take a little jaunt. Little walk down this on this face just a little bit, hundred yards from where we're sitting, we bump a bunch of a bunch of deer, and I see antlers, right? I see antlers kind of go, and I mean it wasn't it wasn't five minutes after we got up, and it wasn't five seconds after I saw these deer. I saw this deer run downhill, and I knew he was going to turn back and look. I'm standing up right now to kind of give Devin a, a visual, yeah. but. They take off downhill. Casey's right behind me. We're just creeping on this shale. It's really loud. It's like, it's really loud. Mm-hmm. These deer just start taking off, like everywhere. Deer going, and I see this. I see this little block, and I get down on my knee. One. Did you already have your scope cover off at this point, or did oh, you yeah. have to rip that off? I took the scope cover off when we were walking. Oh, you were walking. Yeah. Not like way before. Like, yeah. When yeah, we got yeah. up to go pee and everything. So we start. We're creeping, and I see this deer. He goes. Starts running down bounding bounding how like they do like they're hopping you know what mm-hmm. i mean yep yep and he kind of i knew he was going to turn i'm down on my knee he hears like the sagebrush that i crack on going down on my knee and he stops and he turns back and he's quartering away and i from, like that previous shot the first day you learn so much from those mistakes yeah you know like the rush the i was like i very much in my mind i was like want like just like settle mm-hmm. that guy. Where do I want to aim? Not just shoot. Like where do I want to aim? Yep. This was fifty yards as well. About seventy. Okay. Did you aim any lower based on your experience shooting at that other deer at fifty? I did not. I you did not. I forgot okay. to. Okay. But I told myself if I was going to see another deer, I was gonna. Yeah. If it was close. Yeah. So I held right where I wanted to, and I folded the deer. I just folded him. Yeah. And I was like, I mean. I, w- I had no idea hardly what the deer was because it was kind of covered. But I knew it had antlers. Like, I didn't and know you knew exactly. it was legal. Yeah. So I was like, I was on cloud nine, like last seconds of the hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get down there and it's a small little spike. And <laughs> it wasn't a spike. He was like a fork one. He was, he was a fork. He was a fork. But he's, I mean, he's a, a yearling, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But that was my first mule deer. And. I could honestly didn't even care. Like I wish you could have like no no footage or anything was captured of like that the that actual moment. Mm-hmm. But I was like chest bumping Casey. I was like yes, like yeah, like 
if anybody does those hunts, yeah, you when get you it. Grind and you eat no real food and you're like sucking Freezing barely any your, water. Oh yeah, it just means so much. And like, we got down there and got my hands on his little rack and processed the animal and it was really interesting. You know, after the hunt, we're sitting there quartering this deer out, take some pictures, do you know, do the thing and. Um, the guy who actually gave us some pointers that day one, he said, yeah, fall break for our, for our like school system is, um, that day. I can't remember what day it was, but he's like, I'll be back in the woods on Friday or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my son. And these guys work, we see some orange working up towards us while we're quartering out this deer. And sure enough, it's that guy and his son. And he, he walks up to us. He's like, you got one, you know, mm-hmm. he's, and, uh, his son had, um, not seeing a whole lot of game being processed like that. Mm-hmm. So they came up and they were just chatting with us. Um, really, I mean, I wanted to make a point on this podcast to talk about this guy because he he was doing it right, okay? And what I mean is he he's driving a lot of hours in the dark to bring his son, young son, like seven years old. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's... He's doing it. Like, he's getting his son up while he's sleeping in the car, putting his hats and his boots on, and, like, he's his son's walking. Obviously, he's he's, he's putting in some work himself, but, like, his dad is putting in a huge effort to make his son into hunting, making sure that that's a thing, and I, mm-hmm. I tip my hat to him. Respect, yeah. And he's he's out there. He just sent me a picture of a bull he shot with his son. Really? I was really happy to see it. I'll, I'll show it to you right now. Right there. So they were all hunting. Wow, dude. That's so cool. It's his first bull, I think, with his son is what he told us. But super cool dude. Um, and it what was kind of cool guy. It was kind of you know. At first, I'll be honest with you. I was like, you know, when you when you shoot an animal, and you're on a trip with a guy, you kind of want to enjoy that moment together with yeah. your buddy. Yep. But like when he came up, like I wasn't even upset about it. like. Yeah. He had helped us. He gave us pointers, and everything he said was like pretty near spot on. Yep. So he's a local. Yeah, he's a local guy. That's awesome. And so. And obviously, you've got a pretty good relationship with him if he's sending you photos of his bowl. So yeah, that's, dude, we, that's we really exchange cool. info, and he was like, you know, super cool dude. We're gonna, we've already kind of been chatting. He sent me yeah. the photo of his bowl, and that's just cool for like future hunts to have, you know, yes. intel and and connectivity to locals. Um, you know, you make a good friend. Like that's that's awesome. Yeah, I was I, I really appreciated that guy, and uh, first mule deer man. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm super stoked. I was so happy to get that photo because it was I hadn't heard from you in a week, and yeah. it was just like next photos you sitting behind a mule deer. So that was just that was perfect. Yeah, I mean the rack, dude. I told you this. Like, <laughs> you could fit the rack in your back pocket of your jeans. <laughs> like it is nothing like you yeah. know worth, it, but it's so special. Like, yeah, I'll never forget it. Never. And a funny story. So Casey's carrying on the way out he's carrying the rack in his hand because you can't even like hardly cinch it down to anything yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like a little thing and so he's like he stumbles he's carrying the rack right he's carrying one side of the animal he stumbles and hits the ground with it like puts his hand down to grab himself but like so he snaps the rack in half right at the like the skull right in the center of the skull so i'm gonna have to do a repair job on that i'm gonna have to do a a rack job (laughs) (laughs) that's funny so um, I want to mention this. So we, I'm working on a video right now. It'll be it'll be done within a week for sure on mm-hmm. this on this hunt. But we filmed this whole hunt on a product that we're working on called the Go Mag. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar um, 
concept. Concept is what our mag pros are. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a tool, um, that we've come to really enjoy. Like once you see this video, I think you'll get it. Yeah. You can find that on our YouTube channel. We'll, we'll make sure to make sure, uh, we'll make sure to make sure that it's uh <laughs> we'll make sure to make sure that we have that information available for yes you. exactly but um this is it's a it's a it's a phone mount it's almost like a mini selfie stick yeah but it's great for um quickly getting footage if you want to document um lots of times I, I know that if you're like documenting yourself like a quick interview in the truck or something you put your hand on the phone and it muffles the vibration because it kind of covers that muffles the audio yeah yeah. What did I say? Muffles the vibration. That makes no sense. That's okay. That's why I'm it, here. It muffles the the sound. Yep. And it's like kind of distorted. But this is really nice for that to get a quick selfie video. Um, we filmed this whole hunt with this with this device with yeah. this product, and I think you'll like it a lot. Um, it's all made in the United States. The handle's kind of wrapped in paracord, and we're pretty excited about it. And I think we're going to launch that at the beginning of 2023. So it's a field field filming tool 100 percent. that that's the cool part like that we're kind of highlighting is we're all walking around with 4k cameras in our pockets like you can make a pretty high quality video and document the whole experience um with your phone you don't need to go buy a really really nice camera you can do the whole thing with your phone so that's 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 i was super excited to see what you guys came up with while you're out there yeah and total props to Casey because he did a lot of that filming yeah so tip my hat to yeah him. he crushed it it was really fun to have him out there we had a good time anytime you're going out with your buddies it's always a good time cut up a little bit eat some jerky mm -hmm. enjoy this the scenery so all right Dev any closing thoughts man um I don't think so. I'm I'm excited to see what happens here in Michigan over the next week. Um, I'll tease this. I've I've got some 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 upcoming personal exciting news. That's what I'll say. So just tune in next week. Mm. That's what I'll say. Mm. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, but it may or may not give some closure to the Buy Dirt series that we started not so long ago. So. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, um, so so that's that's a closing thought for me. But two, yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, it's weird. Like I have this impatience, but it's like I'm I'm so comfortable being patient this year. But I also like can't help to think about where I would where I was at and where I would have been in previous seasons by the, by October 18th. Like my God, I'd have I for sure would have double digits sits in the in the stand and um. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little bit in my head that I have not seen an antlered deer on the hoof that I'm after this year, but I've sat, it's either four or five times. I don't know. Um, so this, this patience game is, is new and I'm, I'm definitely new to running the amount of trail cameras that I'm running. So like trying to take that new approach of trusting the cameras to tell me when, when, when I need to be in there. I mean that helps. That goes all that goes along with the whole hunt. When the best way to kill a big buck is to make sure they don't know they're being hunted, and the way to do that is minimizing sits and and having very effective sits. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens in the next week here. It's still going to be warming up, and then like we said on the backside of that warm up, 
that next cool off is going to be pretty, pretty exciting. So, yeah, I guess I would, I would agree and acknowledge everything you just said about, you know, I, my, my, my closing thought is like this hunt in my, um, in Utah, Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about like by far the biggest takeaway is like, I mean, like last second. Yep. I mean, it doesn't take a bunch. It only takes one. I mean, it just, I mean, last possible minutes. I mean, and it seems to be how it always happens. Yeah. When you're least expecting it. So I guess when you're out there hunting, keeping your mind right is really important. And just always, always walk around like there's deer. Like Stay always, sharp. Always walk around like that because it, it always, it always happens when you least expect it. Yeah. I hate getting caught off guard. Yep. Alrighty. Um, tune in next week. I think we're going to have a banger next week too. I think the next three, the next four are going to be bangers. And then we like, got our moment series. Yeah. They're all like, going to be bangers. They're all, from here on out, it's going to be bangers because the the weather and the deer hunting is only getting better for the next four or five weeks here. We've got a bunch more content to bring you with the moment series. It's only getting better. So, um, I'm so stoked. Can't wait. Can't wait. Alrighty, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, Have a great, great middle, end of October. And we'll catch you next week with another episode. See ya.